This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Also in town today is our next guest here. I want to talk a bit more about how the changing online world and social media uh, is allowing people to raise money for good causes. Uh, GoFundMe has kind of become the go-to platform for this, and we really saw it uh, in use following the Fort McMurray fires. So I wanted to find out a bit more about uh, the, the evolution of this online giving and why it's, it's so appealing to people uh, as a way to raise money for certain causes. Joining us uh, in studio here today, Rob Solomon joins us. He is the CEO and one of the founders of GoFundMe. Rob, thanks so much for joining us. You're welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Okay, well, let's start first of all, because I guess there's there's some new numbers GoFundMe has released this week, and it gives us a, a good snapshot of, of where Canadians are at, where Albertans are at when it comes to em- embracing this approach. Tell us more about that. Sure. So GoFundMe's been around for about uh, six years. It took us five years to get to a billion dollars in donation volume. Nine months after that, we got to two billion, and about eight months after that, we got to $3 billion. So it's starting to take off in a big way. In Canada, it's quickly become our second largest market. We are just getting started here. Plus, uh, we've also launched in Australia and the UK. And uh, we're noticing that Albertans are the most generous givers that we've seen on a global basis. On average, uh, the donations from people in Alberta is about $90 compared to about 77 uh, nationwide in Canada and about 65 nationwide in the U.S. Oh, very interesting. All right. Well, I mean, the, the concept is pretty simple. It's, it's a way for people to, to launch their own campaign, to, to raise money for a cause, and you, you provide the platform. So explain the concept, though. Sure. Um, many people out there need help. And what we've done is we've created a platform where you can come on to the platform. You can tell your story. You can add pictures and video to help um, communicate what's going on. And then you spread it across the uh, Internet, and we help uh, spread it across social networks. Um, we help you push it to your email and SMS contacts. And that's the most important thing. Tell a great story and share it as wa- uh, as broad as possible. Right. Now, and, and I guess the business model then is that you get, is, is it a percentage? Is it a fee? How does that work? Yeah, it's a very simple business model. Uh, we keep 5% of the funds raised and there's a credit card processing fee on top of that. So all funds outside of the 5% and the credit card processing fee go to the campaign organizer. Now, when it comes to the campaigns themselves, um, you know, in terms of making sure that a campaign is is legit or, you know, people aren't raising money for some kind of nefarious purpose, how do you handle that side of it? Sure. So what's really interesting about the platform is everything happens out there in the village square. It's um, out there in the open. And the people who give immediately aren't strangers. It's always friends, family, right. local community. And if we hear about anything nefarious, um, we get on it immediately. And we certainly hear a lot about that if anything is, is happening. People will get back to us and tell us what's going on, and then we investigate. And if it's really nefarious, we will get lo- local law enforcement involved and, and make so sure ever, nothing bad happens. And has that ever happened? That has happened, yeah. 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 Not, and it's very rare that one-tenth of one percent of our campaigns may have something yeah. that um, is a little bit nefarious, not not necessarily uh, illegal or fraudulent. Um, we also have something called the GoFundMe Guarantee, and we guarantee any donation that you've made up to $1,000, so we protect all of the donors who are giving on the platform. Okay. Well, and there's certainly been some some notable campaigns uh, and, you know, certain campaigns have really caught the public's attention. Are are there some that stand out to you? Well, this one is pretty interesting. Just uh, this week in 
Calgary, um, he's referred to as the scooter guy. There was a guy who was commuting oh, yes, to work, yes, yes. and he was commuting in a blizzard in negative 25-degree weather. Somebody took a video of it, and it went pretty viral across the Internet. And then the uh, radio station set up a GoFundMe campaign for him, um, and they raised thousands of dollars very quickly to get him into a car so he can commute to his job and, you know, probably save his life. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's one example that, that just happened. There's a great example um, of... People who came together during the Fort McMurray fires um, raised a lot of money, over a million dollars, to help get people's lives back on track. Um, another one that was in Toronto, a, a poor little kid who was about 14 months old, came down with a fever. Fever. His name was Ethan um, Faria, and Ethan went into the hospital, Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto, and within hours he had lost both of his legs and part of his, his hands and arms. And his mother's friends couldn't believe what happened and immediately raised, uh, started a GoFundMe campaign that raised $105,000 to get him prosthetics and get him, wow. um, you know, walking. Um, and a children's book was written about Ethan. And, you know, that's a pretty uh, inspiring and incredible story of people coming together to help their fellow people. Yeah, no kidding. Well, let's talk a bit more about the Fort McMurray fires because it was, it was such a, a crisis on, on such a large scale and the outpouring was was amazing uh and we, we saw it here in calgary all kinds of different campaigns people raising money um it was just it, it was amazing and and i think you saw as well through these gofundme campaigns as you mentioned i mean in, in the millions of dollars it was on such a, a big scale wasn't it absolutely we had more than ten thousand donors over a million dollars raised and what is really unique about gofundme is you can see immediately what the cause is who needs the help and then the Money arrives instantly. In, in many um, examples, when there's flooding or fires or other natural disasters, you have to wait a long time for the government organizations or the more established charities to get help to you. Yeah. Um, so we think we can work in concert with the government, the NGOs, and you know the people who need the help immediately can get that help when their communities rally around them. Yeah. So that, that, was, that was very powerful. And we see that across the board with floods and fires and many other natural disasters um, throughout the world. So how do you see this uh, this evolving in the coming years? What, what, what do you think the world of online giving is going to look like in, in five years from now? So we, we've had $3 billion um, go through the platform in the, in the first six years. I think five years from now, that number is going to be 10, 15, perhaps even $20 billion. Things are really taking off. Um, I think this will be a global phenomenon. Uh, we've launched only in four countries You'll see us in Europe this this year, and we'll convert the site into French, German, and Spanish, and it'll happen all over the place. Um, the core use cases originally were mostly focused around medical, uh, memorial, and, and emergency and disasters. We're now starting to see people raise money for sports teams and education and uh, pets, for example. Uh, pet surgery is very expensive, and a lot of people care as much about their pets as their humans, and, and they need help. Um, we will see people raising money for their favorite charities. So not just personal causes, but established charities as well. Yeah. And uh, we think that much of the solicitation for charitable giving in the charity world is still happening through direct mail and telemarketing, if you can believe that. That's mm -hmm. going to go away over the next five, ten years. And, yep. you know, the millennials will never give to organizations when they write a check or, or, or give their credit card over the phone. They're going to do it all online, and they'll do it in a social way. And the, uh, the most profound impact, I think, is in the old paradigm, if I give a check to a charity I care about, it's $100 to that charity. Now, if I 
started a GoFundMe campaign for that charity and I share it across my social networks, that $100 could become 1000 or 10000 or even 100000 if I tap it into the right networks. And, and that's going to have a profound impact on, on giving as well. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, and, and I mean, there are other platforms too, right? And, and I guess so there is competition in that realm and, and maybe there will be more so going forward. But, but how do you look at that? I mean, is it about coexisting? Are, are other platforms doing different things or, or is this still a competition as you see it? I think there's there's other platforms doing different things, and I think we can coexist very nicely with them. Uh, Kickstarter, for example, is a, a platform that is similar to ours, but they really focus on creative projects. So yeah. if you have a movie or a, a, a music um, release that you want to do, Kickstarter is a great platform. If you want to create a new technology device, uh, Kickstarter and Indiegogo are, are great platforms. But in terms of personal cause giving, we've turned into a thing now. Um, so start a GoFundMe is a thing that people say when they're reacting to something that needs help. So much like you Google it or you Yelp it or you book an Airbnb or you catch an Uber, yeah. start a GoFundMe is, is now the de facto standard for helping people online. And we don't see a lot of competition in the personal cause space. So we think uh, there will be some other smaller competitors who focus on ver um, you know vertical niche markets perhaps. But from a horizontal perspective as it relates to helping people um, with personal causes, we think, you know, we, we will define the category and, and, and hope to, you know, have a huge global imprint yeah. over time. Well, and you just, I mean, your company, you rattled off the others. These are kind of the faces of, of Silicon Valley right now. Um, what, what's the state of, of Silicon Valley? Silicon Valley is going through um, not necessarily a metamorphosis. It, it, it's still the place where most innovation happens. That's not to say that great things aren't happening in, in places like Calgary or Waterloo or Toronto or Sydney, Australia or London, England, but yeah. there is so much um, depth of talent in Silicon Valley because that's where Google was born and that's where Yahoo was born and that's where Facebook was born and people stay at those companies for years and then they leave to start the next set of companies. So we'll continue to see a ton of innovation come out of Silicon Valley. I mean, China is an amazing place where a lot of innovation is happening. Right. So I, th I think we'll see some more competition for those leading platforms that get created. You know, historically, they mostly happened in Silicon Valley. We'll see more of that spreading out ar around the world. But Silicon Valley for the next, I I'd say, 15, 20 years will continue to be one of the key hubs for driving innovation on a global right. basis. I, I mean, everyone wants to be the next Silicon Valley. Uh, Absolutely, and I'm not sure that anyone can pull that off. Um, no. We'll we'll see. I mean, China's a, 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 Beijing probably is, is is probably the best pretender to the throne, where some great oh, yeah. companies are, are are being created. And you'll see, you know, Snapchat is an amazing company that was born in L.A. And there aren't going to be ten or twenty Snapchats in L.A. Um, no, exactly. So, so I, I think it's just I think it's hard. I mean, Stanford University and the University of California at Berkeley are there. Some of the best engineers. Um, are there, the best companies in the world are there, and they just breed the next generation of innovative companies. So, so it's very hard to become the next Silicon Valley. Yeah, I would think so. Well, and you mentioned Beijing. I mean, China's an interesting market. It's, it's obviously a huge market, but, I mean, could you see GoFundMe succeeding there? I think it would be hard. I, I think if you look at Uber and, and some of the great companies yeah, it's, and it's Facebook, different. Yeah, um, yeah. the best tech companies in the world have trouble yeah, well, um, establishing sure. a footprint there. I think we can exist there, but it would have to be in partnership with somebody like Alibaba or Tencent or one of the giant companies there. Um, there's a, a universal need for people helping people. So I think this model that we have is applicable everywhere. Very hard to uh, enter China alone, though. No, nobody's really done that too successfully. All right. Well, it's uh, been a fascinating chat. Rob, uh, thanks so much for coming in here today. Great meeting you, and uh, try to stay warm during your time here in Canada. Thank you so much for having right. me. 
There you go. That is Rob Solomon. He's the CEO and co-founder of GoFundMe. All right. What we'll do here, we're going to stand down for the bottom of the hour news. Uh, and when we come back, very much looking forward to this. We're going to be joined uh, in studio by another guest. Chris Hadfield is going to join us. A uh, long list of titles, not the least of which, of course, is astronaut. But I guess now we can add children's author to the list. He's written a couple of books already. Uh, but his latest is called The Darkest Dark. Uh, it's uh, a book for kids. We're going to find out a bit more about that because I think it tells his own story a little bit. So very much uh, looking forward to that conversation. I'm sure you are as well. So stay tuned. Chris Hatfield joins us uh, in a few minutes here. My name is Rob Breckenridge. This is Afternoons on News Talk 770. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.